Hey, this is Max from the Arkells, and you're listening to Underground Sports Philadelphia. What's going on, everybody? Welcome in to Underground Sports Philadelphia, episode number 304. KB and Matt, fresh off our first dose of vaccines, coming at you live from Underground Studios. As always, show would not be possible without our incredible local sponsors, Main Auto LLC, Ducharms Pro Foot, Security 21 Security Systems, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, Bob Novick Auto Mall, Mark Ronchetti, CPA, LLC, and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland. And, of course, the homies over at Tomahawk Shades. They're doing it big, guys. The The Small Batch Collective continues to roll out. They've got new things coming. Seems like each and every day they've got these new things. The, the thinker pads, little pocket journals. There's only 40 of these things. They're 12 bucks. Get them while they're hot because once they're gone, they're gone. They got the blue light glasses, the sunglasses, everything that you could possibly want. It is available at Tomahawk Shades because you only get one set of eyes in this life and you got to protect those bad boys. So use our friends at Tomahawk Shades, an affordable lifestyle sunglass. And when you go to TomahawkShades.com, enter promo code USP, you're going to get 25% off your order at checkout. At TomahawkShades.com. Promo code USP for 25% off at TomahawkShades.com. An affordable lifestyle sunglass. And guys, Valentine's Day, right around the corner, only four days away. So make sure you're ready for wherever the night may take you. And our friends at Manscaped, the global leaders in men's below-the-waist grooming, are here to tell you that you need to use the best tools for the job so you can be ready for anything on that special day. Two million men are already trusting Manscaped products to groom. Make sure you're one of them. One of them happens to be Super Bowl champion Rob Gronkowski. Your girl can't think of what to get you this year? Tell her to get the gift that's for you and for her. The best way to get started is with the Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0, full of the best products to keep you looking, smelling, and feeling nice. The Perfect Package 3.0 led by their revolutionary third-generation lawnmower 3.0 trimmer, which has advanced skin-safe technology and features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents. It's also waterproof, which prevents a mess on the bathroom floor and in the sink, especially when it's time for Cupid to shoot his arrow. And let's be real, we've smelled the worst down there before. That's why we're thankful for the Crop Preserver and Crop Reviver, These products keep our boys from sweating, smelling, and sticking, and these products smell good. Their manly scent is attractive and will help set the mood if you know what we mean. The Perfect Package 3.0 will also come with a pair of Manscaped boxers that'll keep your junk feeling fresh all day long. 
It's time to upgrade those overused pair of boxers to Manscaped's high-performance anti-chafing boxers. Easily the comfiest boxers I've ever had. And complete your grooming game with the new refined cologne signature scent by Manscaped. With the same signature scents that's in all Manscaped formulas, this cologne is a perfect complement to the collection. This is the perfect package for your perfect package. So get 20% off and free shipping with our code USP at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. That's right. Get 20% off and free shipping with our code USP at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code USP. Happy Valentine's Day from Underground Sports Philadelphia and Manscaped. And guys, of course, our friends over at Stateside Urban Craft Vodka help make this podcast happen. They're the fastest growing craft beer in Pennsylvania that's headquartered in Old Kensington, Philadelphia. Currently closed due to COVID, but once that bad boy opens up, best believe we will be there because they have a full bar, they've got restaurants, and they offer distillery tours weekly. And speaking of weekly, they distill their vodka one time per day of the week. That's right. This bad boy is distilled seven times, certified gluten-free. It's blended with blended with electrolytes. Uh, the first vodka on the market with a mineral composition. Same spectrum of electrolytes found in that sports drink that starts with a G. And it's the first actively hydrating vodka on the market. It's also won awards for the best package in the world. And you can get your hands on your own. Head over to statesidevodka.com to purchase your one-liter vodka bottles and get 10% off those one-liter vodka bottles with our code USP. It's the only thing our code will work on because that's all they can legally discount. So 10% off the one-liter vodka bottle, statesidevodka.com. Must be 21 or older to order. And of course, please drink responsibly. What's going on, Matt? Living the dream. lot to get into. Uh, we've obviously had sports in bed and we'll have sports in bed for the next week or so with the Sixers out West, but they pull out a much needed road win yesterday against the Kings and Joel Embiid just continues to dominate. Yeah. And I, funnily enough, wasn't he, it was probably his, and this is heavy air quotes, his worst game of the season. <laughs> um, but Still, still really strong performance for him. It just speaks to how good he's been this year. That the way he played last night um, wasn't even really his best performance. Uh, when you know, this is this is great from from anyone really. Um, but yeah, continuing just to play extremely well, and the the core starting lineup is fourteen and zero when they play together. Which you know, there's been a lot made. I think of the strength of schedule that the Sixers have. I think it's a reasonable argument, but. To still go 14-0 and is ridiculous. That's more than just a fluke. That's more than just, you know, some some fortunate scheduling for you. Um, that means you're just a – that's a very good lineup that you've built. So, for us, that's that's obviously good. And it's really, really positive to keep the wins coming as well. Because, you know, as we know, last year, away wins were impossible to come <laughs> by uh, for the Sixers. I mean, we're, I think we're already halfway at our total from last year in away wins, which is just – Shouldn't be the case, but you know that's just how to, to highlight how bad we were when we were away from home. So seven and five on the road, which right. is like we're doing backflips. You know, I think I think we were at eleven or twelve uh, pre-bubble. So yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's it's a really really good position to find yourself in. Obviously, yeah, the the more this team keeps winning, obviously the better for us. And 
some big wins over the last uh, last week now. And not only are they seven and five on the road, that's also the best road record in the Eastern Conference. Which again is just a huge swing from where we were last year. And I don't, I don't know what it was. You know, it's hard to pin down exactly what the issue was last year about playing on the road. Why we couldn't do it. Again, if it was a preparation thing or what, um, I don't know if, if it's an organizational thing too, where so much was stressed on the playoffs that the team maybe felt like they could take regular season games like less serious or, or, or more lightly. I don't know. But the last year, the, there's a stark difference between this year and last year in effort levels and also just in consistency of performance. We haven't really seen this team have like just those absolutely horrid nights. They've obviously they've lost games, clearly, mm-hmm. right? But um, I think the only terrible game we've seen from them this year was that Cleveland loss, which actually isn't looking as bad now because Cleveland has kind of sustained themselves as at least, you know, a, like a borderline playoff team. They're not, you know, we thought Cleveland was going to be a, a bottom three team in the conference. They're probably going to, they might even get a, a, you know, a play-in game, right? So, you know, but that that's the and that only was the third game of the season. Right. So, you know, that's, that's the loss that you look at this year and think, yeah, that was obviously awful but you know it's it certainly seemed worse at the time now we're so far away from it that you know you threw your hands up and whatever you know lots of teams have lost stupid games this year I think this year has seen the most kind of underdog wins that we've seen and a lot of that has to do with you know health and safety protocols you never know who's going to be available night to night you know we played the Nets now twice we have but we haven't really actually played the (laughs) Nets at all because each time Durant's been out um, Kyrie's been out. Kyrie's been out. Like it's been a weird hodgepodge of like who's there and, and who isn't. So yeah, it's been it's been a strange season. It's hard to hard to like think properly rate teams, but you know it doesn't matter at the end of the day. It, you know if you finish the way the Sixers are looking to finish on, on this season, then you know you'll take the one seed regardless of whatever caveats people want to put on that record. Yeah, I mean they're eighteen and seven right now. They're a game and a half up on the Bucks, who are sixteen and eight, and then. Everybody else is four and a half games or more behind the Sixers. So I said this last week and I said it on the pod that dropped on Tuesday. Like they just need to continue to stockpile wins when they get the opportunity to. And I know it's, you know, they're on a West Coast road trip right now, but win those games and and keep winning when these other teams seem to be down. Like take advantage of, you know, the opportunity to bully on some teams. They've got a the most rest they've had in like a month because they had off uh, to travel out West and you know, it's, you know, game day off day, game day off day, which I think will benefit them in the long run to be able to just, you know, stay healthy, stay fresh as much as they can. And it it should provide an opportunity for Joel Embiid to play a majority of these upcoming games. Yeah. That those are two crucial points and that you're going to get some, some pretty decent rest, um, you know, and also that Embiid, but yeah, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see him probably miss one of these games for some kind of load management reason. That's been kind of yeah, every like five or six games he's been out. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's an important trip as well because you're still playing like pretty quality opponents. You have the chance to set things right against the Blazers you lost to last week, um, the Suns, the Jazz, the Rockets, who have been like no slouches this year. Like it's all it you know as it is with most West Coast trips, you're gonna be playing some pretty good teams. So. You know, it, that's obviously going to be a, a good test for the Sixers. But, you know, anytime they've played good teams this year, they've more or less been up to up to the standard that's been required. You know, they, they've obviously beat some strong teams. I mean, I think if you're building, like, the case, right, you see this a lot in college basketball where it's like they beat 
XYZ. They beat Duke, uh, Kansas, you know. You, you beat the Lakers, right? I think that's your, probably your most impressive win in the season just in terms of who the opponent was. How um, it went down. Right, exactly. So, you know, now you have the chance to add the Jazz that lifts in the next week who, you know, we don't like the Jazz, right? No one really does, but by record, they're the best team in the league, and they've been one of the hottest as well. You know, they've they've absolutely been fantastic over the last month and a half. You have to give them their, their credit for that, surely. So, um, you know, it's a, it's a huge test, and I think, again, you know, the, the Blazers and the Suns, both of them, like, going to be playoff teams, like, you know, between, like, the four and five seed kind of area. So, yeah, really, really tough games coming up. But the Sixers have shown that they can absolutely compete with, with the best teams. And I think with the game last night against the Kings where Sixers in the, sec- in the second half gave up 40 total points. Like, the defense was just clamp city. And this is what you and I have been talking about when everybody just seems to want to write off Matisse Thibel. Right. He was sensational against the Kings. Their, their fourth quarter defense has been abysmal for other teams. Like it, it's been absolutely suffocating, and you know, I, I think this is this is where this team can diverge a little bit and have like an extra. You know, those like skill graphs where it's like it's like a, a star and it points like more heavily yeah. in a certain direction. You want to be like a well-rounded hexagon, right? Like you don't want to just have like a really good offense. Like you want to have good areas all, all across. And one of the things about this team is there's certainly weaknesses in the Sixers. We're not going to pretend about that, but I think what they can do defensively is very, very different from a lot of other teams in that you have an elite perimeter wing defender in Ben Simmons and you have an elite center big man in Embiid. And you have you guys that can fill in in between there. That's not a, a common combo to have. Most teams will have one or the other. Uh, typically, they're going to have a good perimeter defender. Most teams aren't going to have a Joel Embiid, uh, you know, to, the, <laughs> capable of defending at the level that he can and also playing offensively that he can. So they're, they're in a unique position in that way. And I think, again, if you're, you know, a lot of the Ben Simmons talk has died down. I think a lot of that because of how successful the team has been so far. But again, you know, one of the, the huge strengths have been and something that you're not going to get from someone, no matter who you trade for, is how great defensively he's been. And that's been the whole team in the fourth quarter so far this season. And that's something that you're going to likely going to be able to hang your hat on when he gets to the playoffs, because his team has gotten it done in crunch time a lot this year, which is hugely impressive. And I think speaks a little bit to just probably some part confidence, some part as well, I think just perhaps better coaching, right? Um and that's that's huge, right? That like those are the the types of those are the types of stats you want to be leading in. That's the type of, of time that you want to be dominating games in. Like to me, those are like healthy, vital signs as you're looking at a team and engaging whether or not, especially in a season like this, where it's so hard to really tell. Like, you know, you're really not gonna know until you get the playoffs, I think, who's actually like competitive and a contender or not. But you can glean little pieces of information. I think the way that they perform defensively especially in those fourth quarter moments is it's a huge indicator this team is built for playoff success yeah and not only defensively but Seth Curry coming back it's been an up and down road for him since he came back from COVID but he is catching a little bit of fire now and SportsCenter put out a stat last night and hopefully this doesn't jinx him but Seth Curry about to make his own club because he's on pace to be the first ever member of the 50-50-100 club. 50.3 field goal percentage, 50.7 three-point percentage, and 100% free throw percentage. Yeah, I mean, 
I do think he'll miss a free throw at some. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think that's that's possible, but it just it speaks to how efficient he's been so far this year, and what a huge huge upgrade he's been over Josh Richardson, who we all love. You mm-hmm. know, we we all wish the best to, but. I mean, that's a trade you make a thousand times in a row for us. You know, we we felt it was a win-win. I still think there's certainly some aspect of that, but I think it's a, it's a huge win for us. I don't really care what happens yeah. for Dallas and and all that, but he's been absolutely fantastic in terms of his play. And also, again, that contract is great for us. And yeah, he's been spectacular. And I I think exactly what this team needed. You look at like what this team has looked like, like especially post JJ Redick last year, right? He was such a big contributor to the offense. We didn't have anyone that could do that. We were hoping Josh Richardson could do three quarters of that. And he didn't really like fit that bill exactly. Like Seth Curry's able to give you 98% of what JJ Redick was giving you. Um, if not more even honestly, but he's been, um, he's been absolutely electric. Like one of the keys of the season so far. And, you know, obviously we've we've even had the times where you can really appreciate him because we've had you know him out for like you know a few games here and there so you can really appreciate what an impact he has on the team because you've seen it you've seen him miss games and come back into games and yeah it, he's he's definitely a player I think is is very good to highlight in terms of his impact on this season so far yeah I mean he just seems to fit everything we do like no matter what the situation is it, it's just like Seth's always there and it's it's one of those things where the contract is when when Seth is on it's like we have you know bargain Steph Curry essentially and you know Steph chimed in with the the 50 50 hundred club and said that's nasty um so I mean like the way that just Seth alone has kind of like opened up the floor for this team and has allowed you know, new levels kind of of this offense to evolve and and be where I think we've always wanted to see this team is what has been that difference we talked about last week where we were kind of at this same point last year record-wise, but now it it feels more quote-unquote fun. It's because they're actually playing like fun, watchable basketball and it's not clunky you know, clogged floor space basketball. And I, I think, so it passes the eye test, also passes the number test. Yeah. You know, last year we came in the season thinking, wow, this team defensively can stifle anyone. And they never did. This team, like, they were never really, they were never more than an above average defense last year, which is perplexing, you know, when you look at, like, the personnel and all that. But clearly there was some issue going on there. This year it's been the exact opposite, you know, where, like, I, I don't know that anyone would have predicted that this team would be, uh, elite on defense, but yet they are. Uh, and obviously the spacing is much better this year than it was last year because you're not playing two big men that just can't coexist along with Ben Simmons who can't coexist with two big men. Like it, there's, the, I think there's a lot more space and opportunity. I, I think again, it, it feels a lot more like just a, a mental shift this year than more than anything in terms of just confidence last year. Like every third or fourth game you were hearing, someone talking about like chemistry issues in the locker room and um, guys not being on the same page like haven't heard any of that obviously winning fixes a lot of those things right you know one's going to be coming out when you're when you're winning and, and doing well and, and kind of rocking the boat but you know we I think we heard so much last year about some some of the division within the locker room and you haven't heard any of that this year you seems much more focused much more prepared this year than, than we were last season and that's a huge improvement as well and 
you know, what we owe that to, can't pinpoint, but uh, certainly Doc Rivers is going to get some credit for that, and I'm sure he deserves it. And I think the players as well deserve credit for, I think, just being better. I think, yeah. I think they've just been better professionals this year. And I think, again, you know, obviously you add some different pieces in Danny Green and Seth Curry. That helps a lot with that starting lineup. And it's fixed a lot of the issues that we were concerned about. We were worried a lot about Tobias Harris. He's been great this year. So he's probably going to be an all-star. And listen, he, he gets he gets to 20, 22 points, 24 points like almost every night. And that's exactly we what you need. We were yearning for that last year. Right. You know, and, and he's he's looked aggressive, a lot more aggressive than he was last year, which is exactly what we wanted from him. Again, I, I think it's a huge, it's just been a confidence shift from this team, which has been really, really impressive and you know, I, I think is, is here to continue. Hey, hey you. Yeah, you listening to this podcast right now. You're listening to an Underground Sports Philadelphia podcast. You should probably know that we have an entire catalog of podcasts on this network. So what I want you to do right now, once you finish this episode, after you finish subscribing, leaving a five-star review, down in the Apple Podcast section. I want you to search Underground Sports Philadelphia and go check out our catalog of podcasts, especially our flagship TV and movie podcast for streaming services called Streamer Season. We have breakdowns of amazing shows coming out weekly. You should definitely check it out. That's Streamer SZN. Search it on your favorite podcast app and give us a follow on social media. You won't regret it. Check out all the awesome podcasts on the Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast Network and thank me later. Now, back to the show. Yeah, and I mean, to to be able to fight back in these types of games too where we've said it a, a few times this, this season so far where there have been games this year that the Sixers have ended up winning but last year or in years past, those are the types of games they end up losing. Like they gave up 39 in the second quarter last night against the Kings and then come out and play stalwart defense and were able to lock down, put up 32 points in the fourth quarter. Like that's something we wouldn't have seen from last year's Sixers, especially. And I don't think we would have seen it from, you know, the Urson and Bellinelli Sixers and, and any of the, the prior teams because they just didn't really, if, if they weren't leading by a significant amount of points and then, ended up losing that lead they had no idea how to either come back or close right and you know we we saw that with the Pacers last week too you know like that that was a dead in the water game to me a hundred percent and they turn it around and that was without Embiid as well um so yeah I, I think there's definitely a it's hard to put your like thumb on what has changed right and why you're seeing like this team have just more fight in them and it's hard to it's especially hard to talk about it without sounding like too much of a cliche, like, oh, this team just wants it more than they did last year. But, like, I don't know. Maybe they do. Maybe they genuinely do want it more. Maybe last year, like, a lot of these guys are just pissed off about the way that the bubble ended. Um, I don't know. <laughs> it's it's hard It's hard to say exactly what has changed with this team because, you know, we're not going to be – we can't read their minds either, obviously. But, you know, I, yeah, I think there's, there's definitely been a, a – noticeable change in how this team plays especially when it's faced adversity so far this year where last year it genuinely felt like if this team went down like not even just from a confidence level but even a, a scoring level this team just wasn't a team that you felt could make up like a a 15 point difference like that felt 
a lot of times insurmountable last year. That's different this season. You know, like you feel like this team can certainly get the defensive stops it needs. And from there, you have just, I feel, so many more options. And it's helped a lot with the bench too. You know, like last year, the bench was like, you were you were like grabbing your knees in anger every time you're watching not the starting five last year because there was really no reliability, you know, in that respect. Furkan, since he's come back, has been really good. Obviously, Shake, you know, enough has been said about him, but we can keep laying it on about how good he's been this year. Dwight is, has been a really suitable backup for Embiid, which has helped a ton. That's huge. That's none, none of what I just said that was happening for us last year. We didn't have that. Thibel was the closest thing to it, and even then, we know that he's he was then and is still imperfect on offense. Gave you great defensive impact, but you know we, we, we haven't had a bench be able to give us actual productivity like we have so far this year, which is another huge aspect to why I think you're seeing this, this improvement. Yeah, and I mean, the game against Portland was one of those that we should have known was going to be a loss. Um, just because Portland didn't have anybody and that's typical Sixers. But I think watching what happened in that game and then the subsequent games after that with Ben Simmons being back, it showed how valuable his defense is and how much he creates, you know, for so many other guys on this team when he's out on the floor and opens up opportunities for, you know, guys like Embiid, Seth Curry, and even guys off the bench to get to scoring opportunities and put up the points that they've been putting up this year. Yeah, he's a great creator, and we've known that about him. We know that we know what the on-off numbers look like for other guys shooting with Ben on the floor. That they're significantly improved when he's he's passing. You know, that's I don't think that's ever been contention. Um, and the, yeah, you're speaking a lot to to the defense as well, which is totally true, and and how transformative he can be. Um, those are really two very elite skills that he has, which help this team a lot. Uh, that's not to say he has no other weaknesses, of course, but yeah, it's um, you know you're going to lose games like you did against Portland, especially in a season like this. We've had so many weird results, not even just for the Sixers. Um, and again, those results, those losses, become much more like digestible when you follow it up with like again the Nets shorthanded, but you still beat them. Like you still roll on. Like. You still continue to win. Like last year, there were so many times where we'd have these three, four stretches of games where we look completely out of it and look terrible. And you know, of course, a lot of those came on the road too. Uh, you know, where it became to a point where it was kind of unwashable when this team was on the road because you just knew tuning in that it was going to be, you know, a bad performance. You, you you fixed that this year. And again, what has happened to fix that? It's anybody's guess, really. But. Yeah, this, this team is definitely, definitely trending in a positive direction. And we said, like, <laughs> this Kings game was arguably Embiid's worst game, and he still put up 25-17-6. Yeah, like, you know, like, it's <laughs> it, that's just kind of the level that he's been on this year and how fantastic he's been. Um, he's getting lots of, like, national praise, which he totally deserves. He has for his entire career, but, you know, now a lot of people throwing his hat in the ring for MVP, which I think is... You know, totally worthy discussion um but yeah i mean you know it's crazy because it feels so early for like mvp talk and all that but like we're like almost halfway through the season now like it's uh <laughs> it's kind of sneaking up on us just how quickly this season's flying by like you know it's gonna be like in another month and a half really like votes are going to be going in for mvp like this is you're making your case right now and um you know and be especially when you look like the on off numbers you look at him when he plays and doesn't play it's just night and day with how team is, how great this team can be with or without him. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, 
He's been he's it's uh, it's been unbelievable. It's been historic. He's gonna have some regression. You know, he's not gonna be like as efficient as he's been this year because right now he's like the most efficient big man shooter of all time, which is like just not gonna continue, obviously. But um, even if he regresses a little bit, he's still gonna be absolutely fantastic. We've seen that so much from him, and the ultimate goal has to be keeping him healthy for the playoffs because you're seeing, especially this year, that this team with him playing the way he is, he's a team that can really like be a championship contender. I, I think it's always interesting to look. I mean, it's it's box score watching, but looking at how many minutes Tobias Harris plays a night is kind of intriguing. He always seems to be the guy that plays the most of anybody on the team. I don't know if you make anything of that, where it's his switchability, where he can play a 3-4 and kind of like a hybrid 5 when the game is like, you know, out of hand, Sixers are going to be locked in winning. Uh, so you can kind of put him out there with the rest of, you know, just the shooters off the bench. But I, I find it pretty interesting that Tobias is typically like high 30 minutes, sometimes, you know, into the 40s almost every night. I feel like we saw a lot of that last year. And I, I think part of that has to do with what you just said, which is, yeah, he's a very versatile player. But also we don't have really a wing off the bench like Fibo would be the only one that's in that kind of category, but we know offensively that he's not good at producing. Um, so I think that's a huge thing, right? Like you can, you can have like Maxi and Furkan come in and kind of handle like ball handling and shooting and things like that, which, which alleviates some of the pressure left from, from Ben and, and Seth, but you don't, and you know, you can have Dwight come in and handle like an interior presence. You don't really have anyone that can fill in either of the things that Tobias does well. Like, and that's, you know, I think part of the reason that you see him play so much, um, yeah, you know, but I, I feel like we saw him play, I feel like he was continually in, in the top marks last year as well, I think he's just, a, again, you know, we had this discussion over the summer about who he'd rather trade between Horford or, or, or Tobias, and for me, it was always keep Tobias because the contract's bad, but I think there's a there's a good player in there. Like you, you know, he's he's certainly overpaid, but he's a, a he's a good player, and he's showing it again this year. And um, I don't even think this year's been like numbers wise that different from last year. I think it's just a lot of it has been he looks so much more confident. He looks so much more aggressive. Obviously, the the numbers have been slightly improved, but it's not like this. He's not taking some huge leap now. Where it's all of a sudden, oh, he's great. Like it's just been more consistent. Where last year it seemed right. like it was just all over the place. Where he'd have those type of you know consistent quote unquote games. Now it's like consecutive nights. You know, back to back nights of double doubles, twenty point double doubles, instead of it being like one every four, one every five games. Right, and that's you know that speaks to the the team as a whole as well. Not not even just Tobias. Um, yeah. So this year he's. You know, obviously the the sample size is significantly smaller, but he's only averaging last year he averaged nineteen point six points tonight. This year twenty point three. He's averaging almost a full tone turnover more. Um, he's averaging less assists. He's averaging seven point five rebounds as opposed to six point nine last year. Free throw uh, percentage is up by seven points, which is which is obviously huge. Um, three point shooting percentage is up significantly, which is a huge aspect that, uh, you know, that he's improved on. He went from 30, uh, 36% last year to 43% this year. That's obviously a huge jump, but there's nothing in there that like signals like, wow, like he certainly got more efficient, but he hasn't, again, he's not, it's not like he went from 19 to 25 a night, you know, like he's, 
I think he's just doing everything a little bit sharper. And I think, again, that's the confidence speaking a little bit too when you talk about efficiency. And I think a, a lot of this team is, has improved in efficient ways, Embiid being one of them as well, where it's like, I think a lot of that comes to probably better coaching and probably just a better starting five in terms of their fit and probably even talent as well. So, yeah, it's it's been a, a huge change and positive for everyone on the Sixers. I mean, Waka Flocka said it best. He's the next LeBron. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, Trailblazers tomorrow night, another 10 o'clock tip. Like we said, chance to get right against them. It will be fast asleep. <laughs> uh, I mean – we expect everybody to play in this game, unlike last time. We'll see, you know, what happens on the Trailblazers' end of things. But, you know, like we said, this is a chance to just keep stockpiling wins and, and keep building on wins because Milwaukee's schedule, they're out west too right now, and it, it's kind of a similar schedule. They play the Suns uh, tonight, and then they get the Jazz on Friday, and then they play Sunday at OKC, and then play the Raptors, which is eerily similar to what the Sixers upcoming schedule is where Sixers play Portland tomorrow then they play the Suns the Jazz uh Rockets Bulls and then the Raptors um but I think that's the one team right now if you're looking at the immediate standings that you're just trying to continue to build off of and push them further down in the standings behind you right yeah you want to you want to build the distance as much as you can because you know, having the one seed would be huge. Uh, obviously, we don't know what the home court advantage would actually be like. You know, in the playoffs this year, we don't know what the fan situation will be like in three months. Obviously, but you know, if you can earn yourself the right to to have home court advantage all throughout, especially when we know that last year and this year home court advantages meant a lot to the Sixers, um, that would be huge. And you know, we still know that there's definite benefits outside of fans to being at home you know, sleeping in your own bed. You saw it at the Super Bowl, I think, right? Where it's like there's a definite advantage to, to waking <laughs> up in the same house that the that you're used to, to being able to drive your car to work, not having to get on a bus, not having to travel. Um so yeah, that that could be a huge benefit for the Sixers. But again, I, I think they've certainly outperformed expectations coming into this season because I don't think anyone would have considered them as a contender for either of really any of the top three seeds. I, I don't think anyone, I think even someone being really optimistic about the Sixers, even after the trades and all, all the coaching changes, I don't think anyone was considering this team as a top three team in the East. Um, and here they are, you know, leading the pack at one. And I think that's that's really impressive. March 25th is the trade deadline. So we're about a month and a half away. I personally view the Sixers as kind of like playing the buyout market more than the trade, you know, type deals that could potentially present themselves. I don't know how you feel about it. I, I think it's just the more logistical way for them to go about things. Yeah, I think I think a buyout is certainly more likely than any kind of trade, simply because we don't have a ton of assets. What that trade would look like exactly is, is hard to say. Uh, just based off the way the season has gone, there's no way, I, I don't think, I shouldn't say no way, but I think it's unlikely you see this team like go in on a, on a, you know, a big star, right? Like, I don't think they're going to go and, and get Bradley Beal if he even wants to leave the Wizards. I don't think Zach Levine, I don't know how you would make that work exactly. Again, this team is playing so well. Like, why would you change right. that up very much? So um, that leads me to believe that the only real acquisition this team is likely making is someone off of a buyout, someone that can just fill out the bench a little bit, give you something you don't have. Buyout guys are always hard because, for lots of reasons, 
you don't know who's going to be on there, right? You have probably a good sense as a GM who's available for trade and who, who maybe isn't happy with their current situation. But, you know, buyouts, you don't, I would imagine you don't have a clear sense of who that's going to be. And also everyone wants them. Every contender wants a buyout guy, especially in the East. Like you have a team like the Nets who are, are starved for depth and are absolutely going to attract anyone and everyone who's looking to ring chase because why wouldn't you attach yourself to a team like that with uh, the triumvirate they have there? Of course, uh, you know, they're going to be a hot destination. So yeah, it's, it's, they're going to have stiff competition for whoever they go for, but yeah, I would, I would imagine that this is, this is mostly going to be a, a buyout team rather than any kind of you know big trade. And it's gotta be, we, we talked about this a little bit last week too, where one, they need Mike Scott to get healthy, but two, I, I think if they go the buyout, you know, way of things. It's got to be like a, a stretch four, stretch five type of player rather than, ironically enough, you don't really need another shooter per se. I mean, it's always nice to have them, but I think the the big priority for this team would be, you know, some sort of power forward center because I don't think you can really trust any of the backup centers in the playoffs truly right now. I mean, Dwight obviously, but I think if you can get somebody else in here, to kind of play like that small ball role at the five, I, I think is what this team is desperately like eager for. Yeah, that that would definitely be an option that we don't we don't have right now in the team. Um, uh, but again, that's a guy that the the type of player you're describing. Uh, every team, yep. especially again, the Nets are going to be a contender for because they don't have depth at big man. You know, we love Norvell Pell, but. The guy absolutely loves racking up the fouls. Like uh, I was talking to Ryan the other night, and I said, like he's like the the government budget, you know. That's like you have to spend it all, or you lose it. Like he has to use those fouls, or he like I don't know what it is. Um, but yeah, that you know they're gonna be a huge, huge uh, mix in for any kind of big man market, anything like that, because you know that's that's where they're certainly most starved. But yeah, I, I think the Sixers have as good of a as a as an opening as anyone you know like this is this is certainly a, a strong team to want to play with and again they're playing well they seem happy they seem to be getting along well um they're not going to have like the star power like the nets have where you're going to be able to attach yourself to that ride but you know certainly you're you're going to be getting conversations with guys which is like at least half the battle <laughs> that young reunion wouldn't be the worst it wouldn't be the worst i don't know what the bulls plans are uh exactly but it's, you could certainly do worse, I think, than, than Thad Young off the bench. Bulls sitting at the 12 seed right now. And obviously a lot can change in a month and a half. Right. But Bulls right now are sitting at a 12, uh, the 12 seed in the East. And there's not that much on the, on the bottom of the barrel teams. I think the two teams we can almost kind of count are going to be selling players off or trying to at least. And the Pistons have already started. Um, but they're in last place. The Wizards are 6-15. and 15. Uh, the Magic and the Bulls are right in front of them at nine and sixteen and nine and fourteen, respectively. So, I mean, if you're looking at the Eastern Conference, there's potential with those four teams there, and then uh, you know the the West. I think is is so difficult to even try to predict what the buyout market's going to be, just because of how congested and how competitive the West is. Right, exactly. Like the West, you're not really going to see. I, I don't think many teams throwing in the towel exactly. Um, but yeah, I mean, the East, it, it's the same story that we've seen over the past 
decade <laughs> you know that the west is typically just stronger from you know one to 12 uh whereas the east really falls off even once you start getting like the seventh and eighth seeds typically um that's changed a little bit the last few years like the those teams are much more competitive but you know the the bottom five of the east are the bottom five of the league you know right now pretty much so um yeah it's the timberwolves Besides Timber, which again you know timberwolves are sort of like a false bottom team like they've yeah. been without cat for a bunch of this season um he had the the injury and then uh, the COVID situation now so that obviously doesn't help and they're kind of a weird transition team almost um so i think they're better than their record insinuates especially if cat comes back healthy but yeah um even then you know you look at that team and think there's talent there definitely and Hopefully the Sixers keep, uh, you know, building wins because that's what we love watching. But another team that seems to be heading in the right direction, Matt, is the Phillies. They officially announced the DD signing today. Um, I was eagerly awaiting the emoji tweets. And Dave Dombrowski also announced uh, a couple other minor league free agent signings. Um, DD also tweeting out uh, a video of him rounding the bases with the bell emojis. But, um... Matt Joyce, minor league contract. Brandon Kinsler, minor league contract. I think the Kinsler signing is a pretty big deal. He's a guy that hasn't been like uh, an all-star closer, uh, back-of-the-bullpen guy, but he's been very good the past couple of years with the Marlins, the Nationals, uh, really made his mark with the Twins. But he's a guy that if he makes the team and getting him on a minor league deal is such a great move by Dombrowski in my mind if he makes the team and now your back end of the bullpen is you know Kinsler uh Jose Alvarado Archie Bradley and Hector Neris what a 180 degree spin from what you had last year with Tommy Hunter Blake Parker you know throwing Nick Pavetta out there in the bullpen Hembry and Workman like this bullpen's looking you know a lot nicer than I think we truly expected it to once the season ended last year i i mean talk about like two weeks ago i thought yeah (laughs) (laughs) i didn't think this team is going to be making a meaningful improvement and they've they've certainly at least made the attempt which uh you can't fault them for uh they brought everyone back and i think they've made some some decent signings that could definitely improve the phillies this year um it's tough you know because it feels like it feels like they're reeling you back in (laughs) <laughs> and and, and uh, part of you kind of wants to to not, but it's it's hard. It's hard to not look at this team and get filled with some hope again and think, man, they could actually make some noises here. I don't know, but they're they're good signings. I don't think these are like life altering. These these mm-hmm. aren't like some of the acquisitions we made over the last few off seasons. Any kind of trade or signing where you think like, wow, like kind of franchise altering stuff. But um, action is better than inaction, and yes. you know again. These aren't even some of these more recent signings aren't even like some of the the deals that we've made, which are like just kind of flyers on guys that you really don't expect to to go over well that aren't going to be on this roster long term that aren't really going to be effective in any way. Like there's at least some hope here with with a few of these guys we signed, so that's a positive. And the team got tremendously unlucky with injuries over the last two years, specifically to like relieve pitching. So I I don't know what kind of uh, 
bubble wrap protocol we have to go through here. Like, these guys can't be doing anything. Uh, like, certainly no, like, a aggressive sliding. Like, <laughs> I don't want any of these guys getting hurt because um, you know, we don't want to derail the season like we have. So the Phillies tweeted out uh, a couple minutes into us being live, choose your Didi, uh, the artist, the dancer, the tattooist, which is a new one, uh, the pianist, the photographer, the shortstop, or the emoji. I'm going. I think I got to go uh, the dancer because obviously he's known for the, the emoji uh, stuff, but I think uh, I think he just seems like a guy born to dance, and I love it. I'm a big fan of the emojis on Twitter, but the Instagram art on the post-game stuff is always awesome. Didi's a really good artist. Like, the the stuff that Didi does off the field is just as fascinating as how damn good of a baseball player seems he is. Seems like a very interesting guy. Like, he <laughs> is like, uh, awesome. He, he's, he's definitely, like, rocketed up the... Uh, favorite Phillies like uh chart for me he just seems like seems like such like an electric character which is awesome to have in the team like you like you like having guys that have like a personality that have like some enthusiasm some charisma and he has definitely plenty and um, that's good to have on the team and I forget if it was Tim Kelly or, or Johnny Heller both from Phillies Nation had tweeted uh a couple weeks ago where Didi Gregorius might be the first like fan favorite player in Philadelphia without playing a single game in front of the fans. Wow. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> it's true. Which it's is true. crazy to think about. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, he is though, you know, <laughs> he really, and is. he's like beloved around the league like that. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone, I don't think there's a single team that wouldn't love having D. He's like, you know, there's guys that are the exact opposites. Like you only love him when he's on your team. Like DD is like, impossible to hate i think everyone has a high opinion of him uh which is good i mean it's good to have someone like that on your roster like that's that's a good thing and speaking of those guys that you only like when you're when they're on your team and sometimes you don't uh it would be beautiful if he signs with the mets but apparently the mets have interest in former philly jake arietta well <laughs> good luck to him in the mets absolutely Love that one Trevor Bauer totally spurned them to go to the Dodgers. But I also need to ask Magic Johnson and the Dodgers, where the hell do they get all of this money from? It's L.A. People just make money <laughs> up out of nothing. That's that's what I've learned with L.A. sports is that like my all these goodness. guys get, like, um, obviously the contracts, right? But they get, like, all types of, like, business meetings mm -hmm. with people that they probably typically wouldn't get, like, there's all types of extra perks that these people get, whereas John Middleton's just like, well, I can give you some uh, cigars. <laughs> <laughs> They're left you over. You want to be on a, 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 a Comcast Sportsnet commercial? <laughs> <laughs> Here's an Xfinity Live t-shirt. Thanks for signing <laughs> your seven-year contract. We'll see you at Taco Tuesdays. Phillies. Yeah. Uh, well, but, I mean, it's... It's biannual Taco Tuesdays now. That this past year has been very hard for John Milton. Yes. I don't know if you heard, but he lost $30 billion this year. No Pico yeah. on the tacos. Right. Uh, Bauer spurning the Mets, though. I was like, I, I had quote tweeted Bob Nightingale's tweet, and I guess we can move forward now knowing that Bob Nightingale, whatever he tweets, is going to be wrong. <laughs> because over the past couple of years, Buddy is like convinced with whatever he puts out there. And then, like, two minutes later, either Rosenthal or Heyman or one of the, like, in-tap reporters 
completely like delegitimizes whatever Bob Nightingale tweets. It, it is strange because in other sports, like NBA for an example, like you don't really see this kind of like. Usually everyone's on the same page. Like some guys obviously get the scoop first, but everyone is in pretty much total agreement about like in the days leading up to or like afterwards about what happened, what the talks were. So it's interesting because all these guys have a conversation with someone. So you have to start wondering like who's giving him this information <laughs> and whether or not he like is in full understanding that he's clearly being like misled in some way. I don't know. It's It's strange for sure because it is uncommon to see kind of someone that's, seen as a big voice as a reliable voice too but also like consistently be at odds with like some of the other like big reporters in the sport it's it's strange because he he tweeted out that power had to deal with the mets i quote tweeted and i was like i can't wait for zach wheeler to take him deep because apparently we're not having the dh this year um so at least the Phillies signed some pitchers who can rake but no no sooner than like five minutes was it that that Heyman and Rosenthal were both like, yeah, he doesn't have a deal with the Mets, and then he ends up signing with the Dodgers, which proved our theory of the Phillies potentially sneaking in and getting Bauer here to really ramp up the championship hopes. But uh, I'm curious also with Bauer if his friend gets to shoot him in the nuts with the paintball gun because he signed a three-year deal, but there are opt-outs after each year. So we'll see what happens with that, but... I mean, you make a bet. You got to stand up to it. You don't get to. Yeah. You don't. You don't get to. to There's no to clauses. It, no. Um, but it, with Bauer going to the Dodgers, we hope that you know this is finally the year that the Phillies make it back to the playoffs. It's gonna suck though if you have to run into that juggernaut, no matter what team you are, because now in a playoff series, you're you know tasked with facing Clayton Kershaw, Trevor Bauer, Walker Bueller. And whatever else, you know. Uh, playoff Kershaw is like. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> I think he wouldn't even make our bullpen. <laughs> Archie Bradley says hello. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, it's it's certainly. I mean, listen, baseball is one of those sports though where you can absolutely dominate the regular mm -hmm. season and be out in like the NLDS. Like it's just totally possible that that happens. So we've we've seen it with the Phillies. We've seen it with other great teams the last few years where just happens that way you can get a bad matchup or just unlucky um so yeah obviously they're, they're certainly a very good team but i mean they've been a very good team pretty much my entire life the yeah. dodgers have been a good team <laughs> they spent the money they've, they've certainly never they've never been like ambitious in that way and they just won their first title in what like over 30 years right it was like yeah since like the 80s like that's just what happens i don't know you know like sometimes you can just go on on droughts like that um you know, and it's it's especially hard to go back to back. So who knows, right? Like, I, you know, you like your odds against anyone. I would just like us to get to the playoffs. Yes. And Didi Gregorius said that in his press conference today. Didi also rocking cornrows, um, which was a, a new thing for Didi again. Um, but he said he thinks that this roster, you know, has what it takes to get to the playoffs. And sure, you're going to hear that from any, you know, returning or new free agent coming into a team. But, um, we hope that this is the team that finally breaks that playoff drought for the Phillies. And, uh, you know, spring training right around the corner. Trucks were packed up on Monday heading down to Clearwater. So, it's almost that time. Must be nice. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, though, no hockey for a little bit. Flyers on a, a COVID break. <laughs> 
Hey, I want to thank you, the listener, for checking out an Underground Sports Philadelphia podcast. If you've been rocking with us for any amount of time, you know we have a whole catalog of podcasts, a number of franchises under our umbrella, and I want you to do me a favor. Once you're done listening to this episode, once you're done subscribing, leaving a five-star rating or review on the Apple Podcast feed, like we know you always do, I want you to hop over and check out the Outside the Box podcast on the Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast Network. It's our flagship pro lacrosse podcast. Ton of fun stuff, amazing interviews, content. We know that lacrosse, you know, we're still in a bit of a limbo period, but hey, do us a favor, check it out, subscribe, leave a five-star review, and maybe learn about the sport of the future. And with that, let's get back to the show. Claude Giroux on that list. Right. As well as Justin Braun and uh, Travis Sanheim. Travis Sanheim. So, no Flyers hockey for probably at least a week and a half, I'd say, which is a bummer. Um, Because... <laughs> Super Bowl Sunday, they go out and put a touchdown on the on the Capitals, and then it just kind of, boom, it's gone. Yeah, I mean, this could happen to any team at any time. We've seen it a few times in, in hockey so far this season. We obviously saw it with the Phillies this year. Like it's, it's Seth Curry. Yeah, it's just the reality of playing a sports league in the middle of a pandemic. <laughs> hopefully, you know, it's, it's contained, and hopefully – you know, anyone that, that does have it, because we don't know exactly, right? But um, there's a very, like, clear case, like, nothing crazy. I know a few of those guys obviously have partners. They have children. So, you know, you hope everything goes well, like, as on, like, the human level. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's it's rough, obviously, too, because now you're going to have probably a little more of a compact schedule. But, you know, you also get a little bit of a rest. Not that I think it really helps you very much at this point of the season. If anything, you probably want more rhythm and just playing the games and getting back into the swing. But it's, it's you know, as a fan, it sucks <laughs> knowing that you're not going to be able to watch your team for another, you know, like you said, like seven to ten days, which is unfortunate. And uh, sending well wishes and, and quick recovery to all those those boys on the Flyers and to, you know, former Sixer Darius Arch. Right bummer to see that you know he's still been dealing with that along with his ankle injury so hopefully Dario gets healthy uh soon as well but I think that's all we got because we've we've kind of banned the Philadelphia Eagles for the time being because of how toxic they've been this they've fan been base is out. <laughs> and uh we just had to we had to put them on pause so until an actual trade or non-trade happens that's the next time you'll hear Eagles talk on this show so uh, any final thoughts, man? No, no thoughts. <laughs> Nothing going on there tonight. Sixers just sweep the road trip. Let's have, let's get crazy. Let's get insane, and uh, let's win four in a row on the road. Why not? That would be nice. Would be fantastic. Um, make sure you guys are following us on social media at Underground PHI on Twitter and Instagram. Check out the website, undergroundsportsphiladelphia.com. You can follow Matt on Twitter at Matt Castorina. You can follow me on Twitter at KBIZZL311. And make sure you guys subscribe, subscribe, subscribe to the podcast. Do it on Apple Podcasts. Leave a five-star rating or review. Let us know how you're feeling about the Sixers, the, the state of the Phillies right now. After Didi's officially backdrop your favorite emoji 
whatever it may be, uh, in the Apple Podcast reviews. Five stars only because we have standards. We know you do too. We know those are five stars. Oh, Brendan Aronson scoring a fantastic goal today too. Yes, and Jesse Marsh absolutely loved it, which is great to see. Our two, our two great American hopes playing in Austria. You love to see fantastic. it. Fantastic. Um, you can also check us out on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, the TuneIn app, iHeartRadioRadio.com. Wherever you get your podcasts, we are there. And uh, check out our entire catalog of podcasts and shows across the board. Just search Underground Sports Philadelphia on your favorite podcast app, and they will all pop up for you to listen to, binge through, and uh, absolutely enjoy. We'll be back later this week talking about whatever goes down with uh, this crazy Sixers team that is just so fun to watch. Uh, Friday night right here on twitch.tv slash underground sports PHI. Hit that follow button. Uh, We'll have the Golden Ball Awards presented by Manscaped with the fourth and goal. Uh, Podcast Boys, the Fantasy Football Podcast Awards right here on Twitch. And uh, should be a, a doozy of a time. Shout out to Manscaped. Uh, for for sponsoring that award show and uh, following us right here. If you're watching live on Twitch, the boy Steven Schneider will be live being a professional golfer uh, with the first two rounds of his Pebble Beach Classic in about 30 minutes. So stay tuned for that. And uh, this podcast would not be possible without our incredible local sponsors, Main Auto LLC, Ducharms Pro Foot, Security 21 Security Systems, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, Bob Novick Auto Mall, Mark Ronchetti CPA LLC, and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland. And of course, Tomahawk Shades, the best eyewear in the game. TomahawkShades.com, promo code USP at checkout gets you 25% off your order at TomahawkShades.com. Manscaped.com, promo code USP gets you 20% off free shipping. And a big old thank you from your balls. And our friends at Stateside Urban Craft Vodka, the one liter vodka bottles, using our code USP, gets you 10% off those bad boys. Must be 21 or older to order. And please drink responsibly. This has been Underground Sports Philadelphia, episode number 304. For Matt, I'm KB. We are signing off. Peace. Champions.